Hello everyone. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what is God's ultimate goal for you? What's God's ultimate goal for our lives? Now just, just think about that just for a moment. I mean, what does God want from his created beings more than anything else? I think the answer is pretty easy. We're all to be transformed into the likeness, into the image of Jesus. That's at least the goal I think he's asking of us. Jesus came to this earth. He died. He lived a sinless life. And we're supposed to look like him. We're supposed to be like him. And let me ask you something. Has any of us arrived yet? Well, certainly not me. There are things that I still have to work on. But, but I'm glad I have a Savior, don't you? A Savior who loves us and cares for us, who shows us grace and mercy, and who does all that. Uh, when I think about my upbringing and the sermons that I listen to over and over and over, many sermons, uh, I think about the idea in all those sermons, in many of those sermons, was behavior modification. At least when I was young, it was all about behavior modification. If you, you need to do this, and you need to do that. Or you don't need to do this, and you don't need to do that. But it was all about behavior modification. And I can tell you that behavior modification, that wasn't, it, it didn't actually work. If all those sermons worked in trying to get us to, to be different, they didn't because they were approaching it from the wrong way. And many times we approach it from the wrong way as well. Because what God is asking from us is to be transformed, and we do that through our mind, through our mind. And that's what we, we do. God is trying to make us into his image. And the way that we are made into his image starts in the mind, in our thought process, how we make decisions, how we, how we um, think about our thoughts and, our, and how we draw conclusions, how we come to the way we think. So in many ways, in many ways, the gospel is about, and it's all over, the gospel is about how we think. It's not about much of our behavior, per se, although that is in there for sure. But all of that behavior begins in the mind. And my question, I got another question for you. Have we really thought much about our thoughts? Do we think much about our thinking? <laughs> because I believe that's where Jesus wants us to begin. To think about our thinking, the way we use our minds. Now, our minds are crazy, crazy entities that exist within inside of us. They have the ability to dream such beautiful dreams, but they also have the ability to have the most horrible nightmares, the nightmares of atrocities within that all happens within our minds. You can go from the beauty to the evil in just a few short seconds. And this all leads to us thinking like Christ. I mean, that's our ultimate goal, is it not? We're to look like him, to be like him, to think like him, to think like our Savior. What would Jesus do? But what would he think? 
I knew we used to have those bracelets that says, what would Jesus do? And I think it should have been, what would Jesus think? How would Jesus think? How would he think if he were in my position right now? What was the thinking process that he went through to get to his decision that he did about whomever, whatever, whatever is happening in his life? How do I do the same thing? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to just kind of get off on our thought process on thinking today. And I want to begin in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Now, we've talked about this before. And I just want us to kind of go back and look at this again. We talked about it when we talked about the heart, which was about two weeks ago. And, uh, but I want to look at it again. And it says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Okay, so let me stop right there. And when we have been raised with Christ, remember what I've said through this whole series. Through this whole series, in order to have that Lake Homer standard of looking like Christ, we have to return return to that moment, that moment in our lives where we were buried with him in baptism, where we were raised in a new life, in a new life, a new life that was not ours because we gave our lives to Christ. We died to Christ and said, I'm done with me. I want to be about you. I want to look like you, think like you, act like you. I want to be you, Jesus. I know that's impossible while I'm on this earth, but I want to be like you in every form that I can, even in the way I think. And I think that's where we are. So, so remember, Paul is pulling us back many times, back to that conversion experience. He wants us to understand and see that this is a lifetime commitment, not just a one-time thing. It's something that you think about over and over and over. So let's, let's read this passage. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. Okay, again, Going back to that time when we were in the watery grave, you died. We gave ourselves over to him. You died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Wow. To look like Christ. That is our goal. But it, does, it starts here. It starts with our thought process. It starts with our mind. It starts with those internal feelings in our heart, our heart, our soul, and mind. Those are all together. And each of them kind of do provide a different thing with inside of us. But I just want to talk about our mind, our thinking process, and how we think about things. So thinking about thinking. Now, there's a vast amount, a vast amount. When I started delving into this this week and, and even some last week, I was thinking about, I knew that I wanted to talk about thinking. There's a vast amount of material and in the New Testament as well as in the Old Testament that really helps us shape how we're supposed to do this, what it looks like to have the mind of Christ. And we're not going to be able to cover all of it today. We're just not. There's just so much out there that we're, we're going to have to pick and choose where we're going to stay and what we're going to look for. 
And so let's let's start let's start with this. I, I, I want to start again with that Colossians chapter three verse two, and I just want to do that one little sentence, and it says this: Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. All right. So I want to give you three types of the mind. Now there's plenty more, but these are just the ones that I've chosen that I think our scriptures really talk about and, and help us form a mind more like Jesus. So three three types of mind. Okay. And and really when it comes to our thoughts and when it comes to the way we think and even our motives, most of us are unaware of these things. I mean, really, do you really think about what you th- why you thought that way? Do we ever actually spend time about how did I come to that conclusion? Why, why did I think that? And why am I thinking that right now? And have we ever really? Because most of the time we're very unaware, very unaware of this process that goes on in our mind because it's automatic almost. It's automatic. But we don't want it to be automatic. We want it to be a place where we are thinking like Christ, which means I've got to be disciplined in the way I'm thinking in my head. The way I'm thinking in my head. Okay, so here, here's the first um, type of mind. The first one is this. Self-thinking. My mind is owned by me. Now, this is as much as an attitude as it is a way of thinking. In other words, it's like no one's going to tell me what to think. And how many of us have heard things like that? I mean, all of us have heard things where we're just like, how many, no one's going to tell me what to think. I know what to think. Well, someone has, has told you what to think. <laughs> I mean, it's true, isn't it? Our thinking comes from someone or some place but our thinking is really not our own yes we we can very few of us have these original thoughts that come and we're like oh very few of us have those our our thinking process is is grabbed and informed by others and we don't want anybody to tell us what we're thinking and right now we see a world a world even our nation and i talked about this some time ago just so divided because of our minds because of the way we think and we're trapped in those we're trapped in this this i'm not going to change either well, listen to this. This is from uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And Paul says this about, about thinking, about those who have kind of do their own thing, okay? He said, For although they knew God, they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their thinking became useless and their hearts were darkened. They were darkened. They couldn't perceive. They couldn't understand. And how many of us, how many of us fail to give glory to God as it talked about right there? They neither glorified Him or gave thanks to Him. How many of us fail to do that in our lives? Yeah, I'm as guilty as anybody. Giving thanks to myself. Giving thanks to others. And then forgetting to give thanks to the one who created me. Thanks to the one who gave me life. Thanks to the one who has given me new life. We do this. 
our hearts become darkened. We rarely pray. We rarely read Scripture. I mean, how many of us uh, forget to give glory to God every day? I mean, just giving Him praise for who He is and what He's done for us. The, the, the joy we have in living with Him. Man, so yeah, we forget to pray, we forget to sing, we forget to we forget to do even give in many ways like that. And give to others, give back to God. We we fail to do that and giving him honor, the honor to his name because why? Because our minds are thinking about us. They're us. And I can tell you this. I I need help on this. I hope you do too. But I need help on this, on on setting my mind straight. And I can't do that alone. But I also need to rely on someone that's really outside me, that has a perspective on me, that knows me, that I can rely on for truth. Okay? That I can rely on for truth. And each of us, <laughs> call us back to that time when we were in that watery grave, each of us were raised with a new life with the Holy Spirit with inside of us. And that Holy Spirit convicts us. But how many of us actually listen to the Holy Spirit that's in you? Do we hear His voice? Are we listening to His voice? Has our thought process been where we just say, no, I'm going to think like I think. You get out of my head. I don't need you around me. Man, I need, I need the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God with inside of me, convicting me of my heart and my soul and, and the things that are going on in my life. And I hope you do as well. Okay, so that's the first, the first mind. The first mind is a self-thinking. In other words, my mind is owned by me. It's a very selfish attitude, very selfish attitude. But it's the one we employ, even I even employ, very often. Okay, here's, here's this B. B, community thinking. Community thinking. My mind is formed by others. Man, when I started looking at this, when I really started digging into the scriptures and looking at all of the places and where this community thinking, this this way our mind is formed by others, it's astounding. I mean, Paul warns almost every church that he he writes a letter to, almost every single church, whether it was the Romans or whether it was at Colossae or whether it was at the Ephesus or or even, yeah, he just, he just continued to write over and over to watch out. Be careful. There's going to be people that are going to try to pull you away. It's kind of that community thinking. We, we, our, our, our minds are formed by the least path of resistance. We, we just don't think. And we just think, well, it's a, everybody else is on board. Let's just get on board as well. And it seems like that is so prevalent in the Scriptures. And Paul is telling us, watch out. Jesus even says, watch out for false teachers. Watch out for people that are coming inside and actually pushing an agenda, pushing something that is not even Scripture, pushing something that is wrong. 
And so listen to this passage. Listen to this passage in Romans chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. <clears throat> I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Yeah, so over and over, Paul talks about this to, the, to his churches. He also does that to Timothy and Titus. And you think, no, I, this, this isn't going to be me. Man, I make my own decisions. I am never, never going to be one that listens to other people and, and just forms my decision because of that or gets swayed by other people. That's just not me. It's easier than we think for that to happen. It's easy. I mean, do you remember what Paul talks about in Galatians 2 about Peter and Barnabas? Peter and Barnabas. Okay, so I want to read this. It's not going to be on the screen. I'm just going to pull it open. I just thought about this as I was studying to do the video. And I thought, man, this is such a, a passage that it just it hurts us. It hurts because it, it goes to the way we think and the way we're pulled in. And listen to this. But when Cephas came to Antioch, chapter 2, verse 11, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. When Peter, Cephas is Peter, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step, not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Man, who would have thought? Who would have thought that Peter, I know he denied Christ, I know, I understand that, but who is Apostle Peter, who who said to Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Yeah, that Peter. And here Peter is the rock. The rock. And he's, he's the one that got up and, and spoke on, on Pentecost. Man, and for him who has the Spirit of God inside of him, who had the, the, the sheet brought down with all the animals and everything, and all of that, all of that. And Peter still was swayed by others. Barnabas was swayed by others. It's a lot easier than we think. It's a lot easier than we think to think like this. It's why believers are so easily deceived. All of us. I've been deceived. You've been deceived. All of us at some point or another may have said, man, I was deceived by that individual. And we're deceived because, like I said, we take the path of least resistance. We take the path of least resistance and we're drawn in. We're drawn in to a collective group of people. And that's 
And, and when we're drawn in, oh, well, everybody else thinks this way, this must be right. This is something, this is something we must be aware of because it was going on in the church. It was going on in almost every church that Paul talked about, that there were people pulling other people away. And Jesus comes back in Revelation to the Pergamum church. And he says this, he says, you have some who, who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. That's what Jesus said. You have some that are holding to the teaching of Nicolaitans. It's easy for us to be deceived. And so thinking about that collective, that community thinking, that community thinking where our minds are formed by others, be careful. This is something that can be great or bad. And that's what I said. It can be beautiful or it can be dangerous. And so be sure, be sure that you, 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 you are, you are the one that's going back to Jesus and digging in and understanding what is his will. What does he want? How would he act? What would he say? And when it comes to like people doing that, we need to go to the other, other person. That's what Jesus says. If you have something against somebody, go to that person and get it right with him. Then you come and worship. Then you come and worship. And I think many of us sometimes just hold it all in. And we just don't do what Jesus has asked us to do. This is how we have one mind. This is how we have one body. It's because we're willing to talk to one another. Willing to talk to one another and express ourselves with one another. Okay, here's a third one. Here's a third one. It goes to that Christ thinking. That Christ thinking. My mind is shaped by Jesus. My mind is shaped by Jesus. Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 6. This is right before that other uh, passage that I just read. Listen to this. Listen to this as we think about how Jesus wants us to live out this life with one another and with our minds and our thoughts. Okay? So let's go. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Let me repeat that if you don't mind, because I think that's very, very important. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Our thoughts, our thoughts, they are very pliable. They're very pliable and there's so much noise around there's a static that just seems to be all in our heads and we're trying to focus we're trying to understand what jesus's will is and the other thing is is that we need to be mature believers yes it's easy to just hear from somebody else and not be mature believers this means that we have to do a lot of work to understand the will of God, to understand what he wants us to, to do. And it starts with the great commandment. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. We love our neighbor as ourself. You know, we always judge ourselves on our intentions, but we always judge others by their actions. That's kind of how we do that. Okay, so 
when we think about it, having the mind of Christ, that's what we are trying to do. But how do we how do we have that? Okay, so how do we get that mind of Christ? What does that actually look like and entail? All right, let me give you let me give you four things. Four things. Here's the first one: set your mind to the glory above. Set your mind on the glory above. Now I'm going to read the scripture here, and I want you to know that Paul was talking to the the Philippians, and there was a group of them that were not setting their mind on Christ. And he is so hurt by this that he is in tears as he is writing this. That's what the scriptures talk about here right before this. So and he, he says this about those in Philippi. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, our perspective, our perspective must change. Once we're buried, once we're raised, we have a new perspective. Our perspective is as citizens in heaven now. We're there now as citizens of the kingdom of God. We are now seated at the right hand or seated with him in the heavenly throne room unbelievable to understand that we are already there and if we can keep our minds there if we can keep our minds where God is and think about his things and think about the way that he thinks and those things that Jesus told us these are these are the thoughts you ought to have love joy peace patience kind those thoughts that we need to have toward others is very very important but to begin by saying I'm going to be there that's where I already am. And so when we give our lives and we're raised with him, we're hit, our life is hidden with Christ in God, we're there with him now. Let's think like that. Let's think like that. Okay, here's the second thing. The second thing, B, set your mind on created beauty below. <clears throat> set your mind on creating beauty below. Okay, Philippians 4 verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Think on these things. Set your mind on the beauty below. Here's the beauty below. The beauty that we are to be true, that we're to be noble, that we're to be right, that we're to be pure, that we're to be admirable. The admirable, think on these things. Put them in your heart, put them in your mind, and may you create that beauty below. All right, here's C. Set your mind, set your mind on people around. Set your mind on people around. We've set our mind on things above, on things above, and we're setting our mind and creating beauty below by helping think these thoughts that are true, honest, joy, and, and right, and noble, and lovely. Let's do those things and think about these things. And now we're setting our mind on people below. Okay, Philippians 2, 3-5 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as 
Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Wow. And I think we've all got a lot of work to do, right? Because when I think about my mindset, when I think about where it is, sometimes it's not in a good place. Sometimes it's not right. If I can keep Him, if I can keep Jesus in the forefront of my mind, what He wants, have the mindset of Jesus Christ, loving His Father, putting all emphasis on glorifying Him and living a life that glorifies Him, I do that as well. And my role is to think of others, because that's what Jesus did, Think of others before I think about myself. I value others before myself. Do we do that? Do we do that? Okay, here's, here's D. Here's the last one. Set your mind on God's Word. Set your mind on God's Word. In Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 and 10, 1 through 2, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That's how we have the mind of Christ. We begin here. We begin by meditating day and night on God's words. The words out of his mouth, the words spoken by Jesus, which were given to him by the Father, we speak and we think about his words. That word meditate there means to study, to imagine. It's actually used in a a passage in Isaiah that says, For thus the Lord said to me, as a lion or young lion growls over his prey. That word growls is the same word as meditates. It's the idea of not just, just, just kind of meditating on it, but understanding and wrestling with it. Wrestling with that passage of Scripture. This is how we approach and how we live out God's word and how we become, how we look like him. How we look like him. We set our mind on things above. We we set our mind on creating beauty below. And we set our mind on people around and we set our mind on God's word. But there's one more action step. One more action step that we've got to take. And this is the hardest It just really is when it comes to our mind. The action step is death. And I've already kind of talked about this. We died. We died to self. Died to self so that we put on Christ. I mean, in that death process is something that is a daily occurrence. Something that happens in our lives on a daily occurrence, or at least it ought to. Do Am I thinking more about myself, or am I thinking more about Jesus? Am I willing to die to myself to look like Him? Our maturity, you can write this down, our maturity in Christ begins as death to self, and an intellectual growth away from our former ways and patterns of thinking. This all begins in the mind. 
we begin by telling Christ it's a death to self, but then it's an intellectual growth away from our former way of thinking, away from these patterns of thought that have been so ingrained in us by others, by our world, by what we read, by what we see, by all those things. All of those are forces, are forces which are coming into our mind, which are forcing us to think in a different way. We've got to focus, but we've got to die to self and say, I'm all about you, Jesus, and I'm all about uh, living for you and looking like you and thinking like you. Romans 12, verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed how? How are we supposed to be transformed? How are we supposed to be transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then the last one, the last one that I want to give to you is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We are to be made new in the attitudes of our minds, the way we think, the way we react, the way we, our thought process, how we treat others. It's all a renewing of the mind. And all of us know, I mean, I do, I know that I've got struggles with the way that my mind works. Believe me, and I think all of us do. And if we're honest with ourselves, we kind of know, we know where our fault lies. But remember, you have someone that has been given to you as a gift, an unbelievable gift, the gift of the Spirit, the gift of Jesus. His Spirit is living inside of us. Oh, that our ears were attuned to His. Oh, that our ears would hear what he has to say. Oh, that our minds would accept it, would accept it, and then live it out daily in our lives. I love you, Lycoma. Thank you. Blessings. <laughs>